This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. This is Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker on FM 94.1 The Voice. A crusty caterpillar is not something that you would like to sit and look at for hours on end. You know, growing up in India, we had a lot of trees around my house and gosh, even when I think about it, it kind of makes the skin on my back crawl. Hairy, nasty caterpillars, man. And typically I'd find them in like hundreds of them. It's gross, you know? I mean, really what I wanted to do was pour gasoline and light them on fire, right? And watch them kind of crawl around. It was disgusting. No one would want to be like, oh, I want to sit in a garden of caterpillars. A butterfly, on the other hand, okay? People would love to watch its majestic movement, make documentaries on it. And hey, some of you ladies even get it tattooed on your shoulder, right? Why? I don't know, but it's beautiful. How many of you guys got a butterfly tattoo? Come on. Come on. I knew, I knew there were a few. I knew there were a few. There you go. Right? But a caterpillar, no one would want to do that because a crusty, nasty, disgusting thing that mm, makes your skin crawl. But a butterfly is so beautiful. But every butterfly once was a caterpillar. What happened? They call it a, a metamorphosis, right? That's what they call it. It's a transformation, a change. Uh, it, 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 was, it was transformed. It was altered. It was reconstructed. There was a conversion that happened. And you need to know that I go into that great detail to paint that nasty picture and the beautiful picture to tell you that even you and me as believers, we go through a metamorphosis when you come to Jesus. There's a change that we go through. When we go from not just living in darkness, but being darkness to now light. From being children of the flesh to being children born of the spirit to being children of the world to being children of the kingdom of God. Oh my gosh, I'm excited about that. Spiritual transformation is important. Spiritual transformation is is necessary. Spiritual transformation is every single believer's opportunity to to, to change, to be converted from flesh to being born of the Spirit. And what we're going to be unpacking in these next three weeks is this this transition from going from a caterpillar to a butterfly, so to speak. Um, This transition of going from a broken system like we saw last week into a true relationship with a king who changes your life. We saw this last week, Philippians chapter 3, verse 3. Uh, Paul is addressing a church that's being challenged and forced and, and coerced and bullied into embracing a broken system of going from being in the cocoon to going back to being a caterpillar. Crawl out of it, man. Don't live on the altar as a sacrifice to God. Crawl out of it. You can work your way into salvation. We call it a broken system. And I said broken systems cannot, can never produce essential joy. Paul says, for we are the circumcision because that's what they were heading on, right? Circumcision, circumcision, uh, broken systems. You got to show your, your righteousness through the flesh for we are the true circumcision. Who are we, the true circumcision? Three things he says. Those who worship by the Spirit of God, those who glory in Christ Jesus, and those who put no confidence in the flesh. We worship by the Spirit of God, like we did this morning. It was beautiful, wasn't it? Those who glory in Christ Jesus, that is, He is our ultimate aim. Whatever we do, we want to ask, does this bring glory to Him? Does this elevate Him? Does this make Him happy? And we put no confidence in the flesh. And Paul is going to unpack that third part as he talks about the spiritual transformation that he walked through in Acts chapter 9. We see what happens with Paul when he meets God on the road to Damascus and Luke just addresses what happened on the, uh, you know, 
on that road that there was a, this bright light and he couldn't see and he asked, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus that you're persecuting and he talks about this change but Paul is going to walk us through this internal change that happened. Now, the spiritual transformation that actually took place in his life and this week we're going to be looking at the barriers to the spiritual transformation. Now, this verse is actually, um, it's really interesting because I've read through this verse many times and it seemed completely irrelevant to where we are as a church in 2020. We're talking about circumcision. No one ever stands by the door and is like, are you circumcised, brother? Good. You're welcome in. No one does that, you know? Are you from Israel? Are you a tribe from the, ben- from the tribe of Benjamin? No one does it. Be like, what's wrong with this guy, right? He'll be having church all by himself. So it seems very irrelevant to where we are right now, but please listen to me. It's extremely relevant. And this is something that, that's why I thought it was a nugget of, of treasure, or a nugget of gold in a box of treasures. In life, we take pride in various things. If you get a promotion, if you get a new job, if you get a pay raise, we take pride in those things, and those things are good. You know, if, you, if you're able to buy a new car, it's like, hey, that's amazing. You know, in fact, if you get a promotion in, in today's day and age with how the jobs are, man, take your family off for dinner, man, if the restaurants are open, you know, and be happy about it, rejoice in it. But there are certain things that we cannot take pride in. There are certain things that we cannot take so much pride in and say, you know what, because of this, I should earn the grace of God. Because I'm an American, I should be a better Christian than people in Muslim countries. Okay? And Paul is going to unpack this, and I believe it's really going to hit home to each and every one of you, um, because it really hit home with me. And as I've been praying for the church, I was like, this is amazing for God to hold this mirror in front of us. Barriers to spiritual transformation. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 4, we're only going to be looking at a few verses in Philippians chapter 3. He says, Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. I can have confidence in the flesh. Because these Judaizers, they're coming and they're saying, Hey, listen, man, if you want to be saved, it's got to show on your body. It's got to show with circumcision. It's got to show with you, you know, memorizing the Torah in Hebrew, growing out your Jew locks. And uh, no, no LOLs for that. All right. And he says, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. And he's going to go through seven points that make no difference to his spiritual transformation. And in these seven things, we're going to see how it actually relates to where you are. And those things make no difference in your spiritual transformation or you receiving the gospel and finding new life in Jesus Christ. Number one, he says in verse five, let me just actually read these two verses. He says, circumcised on the eighth day. Look at the seven things. Okay, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the Pharisee, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Kind of boring two verses. Seems absolutely irrelevant to where we are right now. But that's why you guys come to this church, right? Because we make these, these passages of scripture really relevant to where you are. Number one, he says, circumcised on the eighth day. What I like to call this is following ancient traditions. Following ancient traditions do not make you an apt candidate for spiritual transformation. Ancient traditions actually is a barrier to spiritual transformation. Let me explain this to you. The Judaizers, they insisted that new converts to Christianity had to be circumcised to become a believer. In other words, embracing an ancient tradition that was given to them in Genesis chapter 17. By the way, this was something that God gave to Abraham. I mean, God can give you good things, right? But good things can quickly become bad things when it loses its actual point for why God was giving. It was a sign of a covenant not the actual covenant. But these guys made the sign the actual thing. And they, they were forcing new believers to embrace an ancient tradition. Look at this in Genesis chapter 17, verse 9. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, 
you and your offspring after you throughout the generations. This is my covenant which I shall keep between me and your offsprings after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Verse 11 says, it will be a sign of the covenant between you and me. Did you get that? It will be a sign of a covenant. It will be a sign of a relationship between you and me. It's a sign. Okay, how old should this person be who is getting circumcised? Verse 12 says, he who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generation. And Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 5, he was circumcised on the eighth day, keeping this ancient tradition that was passed down. Verse 13 says, towards the end, so shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. So it seems like, if you're tracking with me, it's actually a good thing that these Judaizers are coming into the church and saying, hey, you guys are changing religion. You guys are changing this beautiful thing that, that God has instituted for us. Every male child, eight days old, should be circumcised. And now if you're a Gentile and you want to become a Christian and you're following this Jewish Messiah, you too have to be circumcised. It's okay if you're 33 years old or 37 years old. Get the knife, snip, snap, let's go. Make you a Christian. <laughs> this is the problem, Dino. Circumcision, three weeks in a row. That's what keeps you guys coming back. I'm kidding. <laughs> this is the problem. This is the problem with this though. This is why it's irrelevant. And this is why it's an ancient tradition that becomes a barrier. I would love to preach a message on this at some point and maybe a whole series on this. The Old Testament, please listen to me, it's not irrelevant to a New Testament believer. It's extremely relevant. But it finds its relevance only in Jesus Christ, in nothing else. If Old Testament laws was forced on you today for you to keep it, you've lost grace. Because you're saved by grace through faith and not by works, lest any man should boast. So if you want to go ahead, get circumcision, doesn't save you. Grow your hair in the side, doesn't save you. Not eating pork doesn't save you. Drinking milk or not drinking milk or almond milk or ostrich milk does not save you. Only Jesus saves you. Embracing ancient traditions actually then becomes a barrier to the grace of God. You with me this morning? Now, I know preaching in America, like I said earlier, no one's standing by the door and saying, hey brother, are you circumcised? Instead, this is what happens, folks. We have this, and I've been saying this for weeks together now, we have this Eastern mindset seeping into the country, seeping into our churches. We have Native American rituals seeping into people's homes and thinking that, hey, I will have Jesus and I will burn these little things around these rocks and bow onto these rocks or rub these rocks on my head and spin it around my head three times. You lose grace. You see, if I was talking to you, and if you were an India or idol worshipper, this is what I would tell you. And I think, see how relevant it is to you, okay? Even though you're not an idol worshipper. I would say, hey, you cannot have Jesus and have your gods that you're bowing down to and make Jesus one among them. Because they are not gods. There's only one, and his name is Jesus. And if you renounce him, you've lost everything. And if you add him to one of your many things, you've lost everything. You got, and we're going to see this next week when we talk about the business of spiritual transformation. You've got to count everything scubula. We'll get to that next week. <laughs> You've got to count everything as lost. You've got to break it, tear it down, garbage it, flush it, get rid of it. And Jesus, like we signed this morning, give me Jesus. That's all I need. That's all I want. That's the only person that can save me. Ancient traditions become a barrier to the grace of God, to spiritual transformation. This is relevant because there are people who actually feel like they like to come to church, they like to experience, you know, the Holy Spirit moving and they get to see that there's something very supernatural happening. And then they want to go back home and recreate this, but instead of going to the Word, or instead of going and listening to messages, and, and instead of going and worshipping Jesus, 
they go after other things that will give you a quick fix of a feel of a Holy Spirit. And we'll get to that as we go through the seven things. I don't want to give you everything in this one, in this one thing. So, uh, Colossians chapter 2 verse 11 we see what then becomes a sign of the new covenant that we're in Jesus Christ. Because we don't need to shed our blood by circumcision anymore. Who shed his blood for us? Oh, come on, man. You can raise your voice more than that. Okay? Jesus, that's right. Good, good, good. Lose your voice this morning. It's all right. Okay? Yeah. Um, it, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, it says, In him also you were circumcised. In him, that's Jesus Christ. You were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Tricky, tricky. Uh, yeah, extremely tricky. By putting off... The body of the flesh of the circumcision of Christ. How did this happen? Having been buried with him in baptism. You see, circumcision was cutting away, was a sign of cutting away from the world. And being united with God and following his ways and his laws and, and walking with him. And in baptism, Paul is saying, you've been dead with Christ and raised with Christ. And so that becomes a new sign of a covenant relationship. Okay, we'll get to that in just a second. In which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us of all our sins and trespasses. It's beautiful. So Paul is saying he's using circumcision and baptism interchangeably. He's saying the new covenant, then the sign is baptism. That's why Jesus says, go into all the world, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Question for you then, does baptism save you? No. We cannot make the sign another barrier to salvation. Baptism is what saved people do. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is just an external sign of an inward change. It's an external sign of the new covenant that you're saying yes to. So if you've not been baptized, we're talking about doing baptism before this year ends. And if you said yes to this new covenant promise-keeping relationship with Jesus, where he says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, you put your faith in me, trust my sacrifice, and when you stand before God the Father, I will say he's mine. All his sin on me, all my righteousness on him. You're saved. Isn't that crazy? It's so simple. No snip snap. Beautiful, right? The great exchange. All of me for all that you are. And, and, and how is this, this, this covenant? What's the sign of this covenant? You would gladly confess Jesus before everybody, before your church, before your family, by going under the water, recognizing his death, coming out of the water, recognizing his resurrection. You're with me so far? Isn't that beautiful? It's great. But baptism doesn't save you. Ancient traditions can be a barrier in trusting Jesus for a supernatural transformation. Number two, Paul says, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. This is Philippians chapter 3, verse 5. Circumcised the eighth day, that was number one, ancient traditions of the people of Israel, his nationality. He's bringing his nationality into this. Question, did you choose to be born in America? No. Some of you are being like, if I had a choice. No, none of you guys are here. You guys love this country. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.